the Decepticons honestly like all had really cool. What would vehicles. be your uh, what would be your name? What would be your Decepticon slash Autobot name? Hmm. My Autobot name is Iron Treon. That's not great. <laughs> Mine's gonna be like fucking Hot Load or something. <laughs> Gas Guzzler. <laughs> Starscream, ass guzzler, <laughs> ass guzzler, diesel guzzle. There's got to be one with guzzle too. Just guzzle. Yeah, just guzzle or like uh, guzzle <laughs> muff driver. <laughs> Holy shit! There's so many, so many great names for Autobots and Decepticons. <laughs> Before time began, there was everyone's a real critic. We know not where they come from, only that they hold the power to figure out who is right. The critics or the audience. <laughs> What's up, Real Critics? It's Jose here, as always, and you're listening to Everyone's a Real Critic. If you're wondering what the hell that was, it's because today we're talking about the 2007 classic Transformers movie. But before we jump into that, and if you're just tuning in, here at EARC, John Wolf and I take a look at movies that have divided the critics and the audiences. We give you the Real Critics thoughts on the movies, we break down some of the critic and audience reviews, and we wrap it all up with our own overall score of the movie. But... At the end of the day, it doesn't really matter because everyone's a real critic. So, John, my friend, my homie, my brother, my co-host, how you doing today, sir? What's up, brother? Hey, and what's going up to you, my brother or sister that's uh, listening right now? Dude, I don't know why I'm saying brother. I know why I'm saying brother or sister. I've been watching a lot of Mormon shows, shows about Mormonism, <laughs> and that's how they refer to each other. And, you know, I kind of like it, brother. <laughs> Anyway, Brother. <laughs> anyway, if you missed the last episode on the Northmen, go check that out. And if you listened and you had no idea what we were talking about the entire time, and you also watched the movie and had no idea what you were watching or what they were talking about the entire time, it's okay. Me neither. But you should definitely go back and listen. Go back, review it, give us five stars, follow us wherever you get your podcasts. And uh, if you're looking for something else to listen to that has some people for me are EARC, um, you should go check out our friends Daniel and uh, Preston on the drafted pod they did a uh, pod two weeks ago that was uh drafting the worst best movies for a movie marathon and uh i think yours truly put together a pretty nice uh pretty nice lineup on that so you should go back check it out and listen to their podcast they're great we love them and if you're listening to us after listening to me on that podcast hey welcome we're so glad you're here. Make sure you follow us um, wherever you get your social media information. We're popping off on there. Uh, we're at EARC Pod. And uh, hey, while you're there, you can follow Jose and myself um, at Hoser Loser and at John B. Wolf. But uh, like Jose mentioned, it's Hot Movie Summer on the 15th anniversary. Did you know that? Came out I on did, uh, like recently. early July. Yeah. Yeah. 15th anniversary. Back in select theaters if you want to go see this, which I highly recommend. I honestly would do that. <laughs> Highly recommend. We're talking Transformers, like Jose said. Got a 50-year 
58% critic score. And if you're wondering what the hell was that, that was a Transformer noise. 85% audience score. But before, you know, we talk about the cube backslash AllSpark, let us help you navigate the entire universe of streams and what to watch, what not to watch, what's good, what's really good, what's really bad in our segment, What You Watching. We're here. <laughs> I think we should just use us making. We that just noise. transformed into the Whatcha Watching segment. <laughs> yeah, I went from a boombox to an iPod. Oh yeah, is one yeah, of those a race a racist caricature? <laughs> Possibly. Probably the boombox. <laughs> Possibly. <laughs> All right, we're getting ahead of ourselves. We clearly hey, where'd you really want to talk about Transformers. <laughs> The World Wide Web. <laughs> Honestly, don't watch anything else. Just watch Transformers. Done. Just go watch <laughs> Next all segment. of the Transformers movie. <laughs> John, do you think that all the Transformers uh, fall under our uh, 20% difference? No, because I think at some point they were just bad. Let's yeah, I see. think at some point they're just Because Mark Wahlberg bad, got right? in there, right? Yeah, they like replaced Shia LaBeouf with Marky Mark. And like Age TJ of Miller. Ultron. There's a lot of them. There's a lot. Yeah. Of, we should probably talk about this later on. But to get us started in the Whatcha Watching segment, yeah. John, just this past weekend, we're recording this on a Monday morning, which is why I have my... Dude, um, it's it's Wednesday. We're recording this on a Wednesday morning, <laughs> which is why I have my... <laughs> this is my Monday for what it's worth. Monday, Tuesday oh, okay. are my weekend from all right, work. All right. That's fair. That's uh, fair. I, I always have Mondays and Tuesdays off. Anyways, which is why I had my cup of coffee and my little bowl of uh, Mary One A. Um, so, let, so Stranger Things just came out this past weekend. The, mm. the last two episodes of season four. John, did you get to catch up on them? I did. Yeah, I watched uh, both of them back to back yesterday. I f- had no idea. Yeah, the face exactly. You sat for four hours I, straight. Well, I I was on a long flight, so I was able to uh, just sit there and, and take it all in. I had no idea. Why did they make it an hour and a half and then two and a half hours? Like, you could have just made episodes out of that. I tried to do quick math in my head. It didn't work out so well, but you could have just made one hour episodes. But yeah, I did watch it. What do you think, man? So spoiler free uh, review. Yeah. I think that this has been my favorite season since season one. It For seems sure. like a marked improvement since the last couple seasons. I thought it was super engaging, the majority of the storylines. I remember being a little bit uh, annoyed that there were four converging storylines. But at the very end, when they do start to come together, all except one of them fit together pretty cohesively. Hopper storyline, Hopper yeah. and Joyce, they just kind of decide to be a part of the big bad fight at the end. Yeah. With no context. But other than that, you know, this this had a lot of the Scooby Doo-ness that I really liked from the first season. And it's it's nice because the kids are a little older so they can do a lot some cooler shit. Overall, yeah, this was I, I really liked it. I, I really liked this season. I it liked was it too. A lot of fun. I was a little the only thing I was disappointed about was the way it ended, because to me it ended the same way the first season ended. 
you know? Well, like a cliffhanger? And like how they came to defeat the big bad and all that stuff. It was like very oh, reliant. Yeah, yeah, yeah. Uh, yeah. And so I was kind of like. similar. Yeah, I was like, man, like they could at least mm-hmm. make this something else. Like you're sort of waiting the whole season and you kind of know how it's going to end anyway. So Are to you... me, the, the stakes felt a little bit lower, but I agree. It was better than the last two seasons. Are you excited for um, the next season? The last one, supposedly. Like, did this leave you thinking, oh, okay. I, like, do you have hope? Do you have hope that the next season's going to live up to your expectations? You know, like, how do you feel after the cliffhanger ending? I think it'll be good. The crew's all back together. What I don't want to have happen, and I, oh, th- I almost is thought... Is that a spoiler? That might be a spoiler. Okay. Well, look. <laughs> You're watching the show, the whole arc of the show. If you if you've watched everything except the last two episodes, it's pretty obvious. But what I really don't want to have happen is all of the people other than Eleven are like helpless without her. So that's kind of where I liked the last season with the Russians is that it gave Steve and Dustin like they actually were able to help and Even move this things season. forward. They were a little bit. And they did. Oh, their, I th- I'm pretty sure it plan. was entirely up to them. <laughs> like, if, if it wasn't for Dustin, everybody would have died. But the person that saved them all is the same person that saves them all every That's single true. season. So, what excites me about and that person is next season is that like the Duffer Brothers have written themselves into, <clears throat> in this case, a hole. Yeah. And that now all of their characters Literally. are together. Yeah. And it seems like every season after the first season, for some reason they do everything they can to separate Eleven from the group. Yeah. I think it's because she's too OP. Yes. So they've always tried to like find this reason to have Eleven not immediately jump in and kick ass. <laughs> right? right. Yeah. But that was this season too. She was sort of separated the whole time and then exactly. the end. Yeah. yeah. So I'm, I'm definitely... Uh, we'll see. I'm, I'm hopeful. I'm hopeful, but I'm, I'm um, also hopefully I'm optimistic. I'm optimistic that uh, it's going to be solid. So let's talk about a show that we can actually talk more about without speaking in generalities and vagueness, which we're not good at. No, we're not good have at you seen? Uh, no, we're not. <laughs> have you seen Under the Banner of Heaven on Hulu? I, I watched the pilot like two nights ago and really enjoyed it. Dude, it's a lot of fun. For anyone who hasn't, it's... Um, <laughs> it's a lot of fun. Tell me what it's about. <laughs> it is... Non-stop laughs. Yeah. <laughs> you know, you're going to want to get the whole family together for this one. Super airy. Fun. It's what the summer is about. It's summer's hottest show right now. It's on the Hulu. Uh, it came up on my suggested to watch because I'm caught up on The Old Man, which, um, you know, is solid. Um, anyway, Under the Banner of Heaven. It is about a Mormon police officer, Andrew Garfield, and he is uncovering quite a ridiculous thread of whodunits in his Mormon community and a crime that centers around the death of a woman and her child and really involves what they call the Kennedys of the Mormon community, um, this very prominent Mormon family. And there seems to be some questions about what their uh, how deep they are in the Mormon faith and how how f- far those roots go. It seems like he's also being like 
he's he begins doubting his faith because of the nature of the of the murders and the a fact that they're so closely connected to his faith and his community right is what i got out of the first season i mean out of the first uh, episode and then his partner uh detective taba um is a no-nonsense non-religious person and it's just dude it's <laughs> I it's can't fun help. I couldn't help but watching this first season, and I'm like, this doesn't, I mean, this first episode, I'm thinking, like, it doesn't seem, like, ethical to allow your faith to inform everything you do as a police officer. And uh, it seems like Detective Taba is placed specifically to uh, confront our character. I mean, well, the character seems to be confronting that at every turn. Yeah. (laughs) But, But it seems like Detective Taba is supposed to be, like, you know, like, our example of the opposite of that so it, it yeah. does see it is good it's procedural you know it's like a crime mystery um it reminded me of perry mason did you ever watch perry mason i got a couple episodes into it i never i never finished it it moved pretty slow in the beginning for me and so i yeah. I, I think i just didn't give it a chance ari and i were obsessed with perry mason like, oh yeah can't wait till the next season comes out but but yeah it, it was good i really enjoyed it i couldn't be- I got to the end of the episode and I couldn't believe I'd watched the whole season because it's not something I would normally turn out. No, at all. I loved it, man. I'm I'm pumped. Okay, cool. I'm not. I haven't finished it yet. I think I have one more episode, but Andrew Garfield's solid. great in it too. Andrew Garfield is a great actor. He's he's kind of it's one of those situations where he's the only good actor, but um, the other ones aren't noticeably bad. Unlike the movie that we're talking about today. Um, if you want to get into it, I do, but I ha- I want to talk about one more movie. Oh, you got it. Which Sing is two. called R R R. Have you have you heard of this movie? Triple R, huh? The, yes. The Reading Railroad. Twenty five dollars. Oh my god, Rent. that does have three R's in it. I'm honestly impressed. Okay, so no. R R R is a uh, it's an Indian movie that's on Netflix right now. The whole thing is in Hindi, though. There are there are a few little English-speaking parts. And I will warn you that it is over three hours long, I think. But it is... Perfect. The... It is... Two movies is, in one. It is incredible. Dude, It the action sequences are absolutely bananas. Like, the sets are insane. You can tell there are some shots of this movie where, for example, one of the characters has to go get somebody in the middle of a crowd and there looks like they were probably 200 people on set and the camera work is so good that you somehow never lose him in the crowd but he and he is trying to be they're trying to stop this guy from getting to this person in the crowd and he's just knocking people loose like some vin diesel the rock shit it is incredible the action is amazing the music is amazing the choreography Everybody needs to go see this movie. <laughs> Everybody where, where needs do to I see, see it? this movie. It's on Netflix right now. But if you can see this in a movie theater, you should 100% go see this in a movie theater. It's like the tale of two opposing revolutionaries. One of them works for the British government. And the other guy is like a native. And um, they don't know this, but one of like the, the cop is hunting the native down. But they don't know that they are who they are, so they end up becoming like brothers. <laughs> and then they have it, and it's about like their betrayal against each other. It's 
it, it's amazing. It's amazing. And the movie is always speaking with like this visual language that one of them is fire and the other one is water. So they create these elaborate set pieces like where there, there's a standoff between the two of them. And behind him, it's just like everything is on fire. And the other guy is standing in front of a fountain that's just spewing. Dude, it looks, it's so good. It's so good. If you don't believe me, just go on YouTube and look up RRR clip or something and just watch a clip. It's amazing. I'm on the Rotten Tomatoes for it. Unfortunately, it doesn't meet our criteria. No, because it's so good. The still shot is just this man with blood all over him screaming at a tiger whose mouth is wide open screaming back at him. Yeah. What the movie, what that photo doesn't show you is yeah, that what the, he's what's also, he's physically holding the tiger. The tiger oh, wow. is like caught in a trap that he yeah. is holding a rope to in each arm. So it's oh, like wow. his, he's so strong. <laughs> yeah, I was going to say, I'm not a felineologist, but I've seen That's a large thing. cats before. Man, I can't wait to watch this movie. You got to watch this movie. We also on here, we're not going to talk about them, but uh, Sing 2, great movie. Go check it out. Really good. It's the hottest movie of the summer. And then outside of <laughs> what? Okay. Under the Banner of Heaven, Westworld, dude, Westworld's not bad. much to That's talk right. about. Not much to talk about because nothing's really happened they in two episodes. They fucked it up in the last season, honestly. They're back to Westworld. That's what it should be called. Westworld 4, back to Westworld. For now. Yeah, they should call it Westworld for back to Westworld for now. For now. <laughs> for now. <laughs> Westworld robots. Transformers. Let's get into it. Yeah. I mean, there is a Transformer in the second movie that can transform into a person. Transformers 2? Transformers 2. Yeah. Dude, Do you remember when that. he's in college and yeah. like he's like hooking up with this chick and then this massive Transformers tail comes out of her? <laughs> Right, splice. <laughs> because those are the kinds of films that we're talking about today. Hell yeah. That's the kind of cinema that uh, we are diving into. The, the, the Michael Bay corner of the Hollywood universe. That's right, we're talking about Transformers 1 today. <laughs> Let's get into it. Dude, the Michael Bay corner of the cinema universe. That is one sticky corner. <laughs> it's so it's so Grab sweaty. your baby wipes. It's yeah. so sweaty. <laughs> lots of bikinis. Lots of it's just everything's on fire. Yeah. The Michael Bay corner of the cinematic universe. Explosions grab, grab, everywhere. <laughs> yeah. Grab a towel. <laughs> grab yeah. a fire extinguisher. <laughs> it's gonna go. And wild. some goo gone. Uh -huh. Yeah. Oh, man. Yeah. So um, Transformers 2007. This was the first foray of Transformers on the big screen, you know, which a lot of people are just calling, you know, a Hasbro toy money grab. And you know what? I'm OK with it. I loved it. I'm all Me about too. it. It is. It is. <laughs> but like that doesn't mean it's not good. Yeah, that's true. So the quick. We'll get into the real rundown in one second. 
which will will give you everything you need to know about the movie before diving deeper in. But essentially, the fate of humanity is at stake when two races of robots, the good, the Autobots, and the bad, the Decepticons, bring their war to Earth. The robots have the ability to change into different mechanical objects as they seek the key to ultimate power. And I love that they can, I guess, essentially change it to anything. So they go after any American-made vehicle that they can find. Um, <laughs> only a human, only a human youth, Sam Witwicky, Shia LaBeouf, can save the world from total destruction. Oof, that was enough, John, to capture Stephen King's attention. But then he sat in the movie, and it was not enough to keep him in the movie theater. This was the first movie, guys, if you hadn't heard, that Stephen King on Twitter the other day said this was the first and only movie that he has ever walked out of in the movie yeah. theater. And then he proceeded to ask the world, what movies have you walked out of a movie theater? And all I could think of And then is, Michael Bay was like, Carrie. <laughs> I had Michael Bay's back. I tweeted at Steve, Stephen King. Um, but I was also just like, why would you go to a movie if you knew, like, I don't know. I don't really go seeking out movies that I know are going to be butt and like I, I might do. potentially walk out of. You do? Yeah. You're like, that's because that's I'm going to pay gonna 30 bucks to watch this and leave. <laughs> Not to walk out of. No, to enjoy the butt. Everybody <laughs> likes a good. Everyone good look loves at a, a butt. good butt. Yeah, you're right. <laughs> Everyone loves a good butt. And this movie is a butt. That is true. That's my thesis statement, and I will spend the next two hours <laughs> describing this butt in full detail. Uh huh. Arguing my I love point. It. I love it. But this movie made like a buttload of money, didn't it? It did make a buttload. It made three hundred nineteen million in the United States alone, over seven hundred million global, which is a lot. Which in like two thousand seven money, like pre-inflation, that's like a few trillion bajillion dollars. <laughs> yeah, that's a <laughs> lot of usher bucks. Uh-huh. <laughs> Have you seen that new meme of him? It's like, watch yes. this. <laughs> Whoa. I like Caught that. Up. Originally, when I watched this and, and finished this movie, I was like, this is Michael Bay's best movie ever. Do you still stand by that? Well, looking at his list, I mean, for those that don't know, Michael Bay, if if you're like, man, I've heard the name Michael Bay, Transformers makes sense. Like, what kind of movies does this guy make? And if you couldn't tell by our description of the Michael Bay corner in cinema, imagine every, like think of the movies that remind you of overloaded testosterone with abs, explosion, bikinis, and like sweat. bad dialogue, a lot of sweat. Everyone's sweating all the time. Running and yelling. Yeah. Cool sun pics, like very mm-hmm. artsy pics of the sun uh, and artsy cinematography of the sun. So like, bad boys makes yeah. it he definitely likes to like use women as props instead yeah. of characters pain and gain pain and gain armageddon which is mm-hmm. an incredible movie. <laughs> he's all he's also um had his hand in a few horror movies which is interesting to me he hasn't directed too many but um he's definitely had a hand in quite a few um like you think of the quiet a quiet place um, he oh, was he a, like producer a producer for that. Yeah, he's been a producer for for a lot of that stuff. Um, but yeah, that's sort of the Michael Bay mo: Bad Boys, Armageddon, all of the Transformers. all of the Transformers movies. 
which I don't even know how many there are. Dude, there's so many right now. Hold on. I think there's five or six. I think there's. Five I'll go through the list here. Also, have you heard about his newest movie that's only been announced and we only know the name? It's called John. Can you guess? You gotta guess. Let me give you a hint. Uh, it has to okay. do with robots. <laughs> okay, so it's Transformers. <laughs> no, no, it's not. It's called, it's called Robopocalypse. Oh. And it's uh uh, <laughs> it was cat. The original uh, lead roles were given to Chris Hemsworth and Aunt Hathaway. Oh hell yeah, that's crazy. Did, but it looks like he's also making another Transformers movie, Rise of the Beasts, coming out in twenty twenty three. Are you serious? Yeah, man. I wonder if that's when the Transformers will go against Earth's mightiest animals. The Rock. No, it's because uh, Be- Beast Wars was like a Transformers cartoon. Oh, sure, sure. Back in the day. But anyways. Let me get into the real rundown. This is like everything you need to know about this movie. It's uh, it's a little bit more than you think, you know, pretty complex. So let me let me dive in. So <laughs> right off the bat, we get one of Jose's favorite things in the world. Um, we get an Optimus Prime, who is uh, Peter Cullen voiceover uh, that gives us the rich history of the cube that created the power of what we know as the transformers that power led to a war between the autobots and the decepticons ultimately leading to the cube being lost in space for years until it was eventually found on earth uh captain lennox who's josh dumel who just wants to get back with his daughter and and his wife uh he's with sergeant epps tyrese gibson uh proud Fast and Furious alum. They lead a group and, of soldiers. Uh, and- no. <laughs> Never mind. I'm going to save it. I can't. They lead a group of soldiers God like Katara that are eventually attacked by one of the first Decepticons on Earth. Then, during a high school history presentation, we learn that Sam Witwicky, Shia LaBeouf, uh, his great-great-grandfather, Archibald Witwicky, was an explorer who stumbled upon some crazy stuff back in the day. Sam's presentation turns into a yard sale as he tries to pawn off his great-great-grandfather's items to the other high schoolers. One of the students, Michaela, Megan Fox, immediately is <laughs> loving that Sam Witwicky yeah, is pawning off like his great-great-grandfather's items. They keep like turning to her and she's like looking at him. Yeah. And like she looks like she's enjoying it. But then later in the movie, she looks she like doesn't know who the fuck he is. Yeah. Yeah. So after securing uh, an A in the class by giving his history teacher the ultimate close to a wonderful sales pitch, what would Jesus do? Sam's dad picks him up to take him to get a car. Quick joke at the poor shop leads the two uh, to Bobby Bolivia, Bernie Mac's used car shop. Where Bobby Bolivia! <laughs> a yellow Camaro pulls up, causing destruction to all of the co- other cars. So Sam buys it. Uh, we then head to the Pentagon and meet a group of kids that look like the same age as the kids we just saw at the high school, but are somehow the best signal analysts in the country. The, the NSA is Defense, recruiting right out of high school these days. <laughs> the Secretary of Defense, John Boyd, clues the group uh, in on what happened in Qatar. Later on, on Air Force One, one of the Decepticons disguised as a boombox. That's right. We still have boomboxes in this uh, movie. It's 2007. Sneaks its way down to a server room by following the flight attendant who is fetching ding-dongs for the president. And conveniently, the server room <laughs> hey, is right next to the ding-dong room. Why don't you go get room. me a little ding-dong there, honey? 
the Decepticon latches into the system and starts downloading, quote, top secret information, getting almost everything before being shut down by one of the analysts, Maggie, who's played by Rachel Taylor. The last thing we see on the top secret screen is Sam's great-great-grandfather, Archibald, and his glasses. With this information leaked, the Decepticons call for backup from all of the other Decepticons, forcing Bumblebee to call the Autobots to fly into Earth. Sam sees his car transform into Bumblebee and call for backup. Optimus Prime, Jazz, and Ratchet link up with Bumblebee and let Sam know who his grandfather was and what he found. Uh, we then learn that Archibald Whitwicky's glasses are the key to finding the cube, or now, halfway through the movie, is referred to as the Allspark. Which the Allspark. Soon after the Autobots make it to Earth, uh, after a chase, Sam and his family are arrested by Agent Simmons, John Totoro, who works for a secret government group called Sector 7. Sector He's Seven got one starts- of those badges, John? Yeah. The mm-hmm. do whatever I want to get away with a badge? Yep, okay. he does. Um, Sector Which Seven. All starts, cops have, by the way. All cops have this. Sure, but do they have the whitey tidies? Uh, freezing Bumblebee, who was caught, and in the process of the fight, Optimus Prime recovers the glasses, which are a map to find the Allspark. They take Sam, knowing he's the key to the cube, back to their secret lair in the Hoover Dam. This is Sector Seven, where we see that Sector Seven has a frozen Megatron and the cube right next to each other. Smart <laughs> Literally, like yeah, next room <laughs> ten over. feet from each other. After. <laughs> Maggie, the analyst, visits her hacker friend, Glenn, who is played by Anthony Anderson. Uh, We confirm what we already knew, uh, that the information on the two gigabyte SD card uh, that she (laughs) hacked the NSA with is alien tech. And a massive blackout hits the whole globe. It's crazy how the uh, two gigabyte SD card is like a floppy disk in our eyes now. Yes, it is ancient technology. The analysts and the soldier teams all make it to the Hoover Dam to be in on the action. The little Decepticon guy who just is around moving things forward, uh, who stole the information from Air Force One, sneaks around the secret base and unfreezes Megatron. Optimus Prime recovers the Allspark, but is faced with either saving Earth or saving Bumblebee. Sam, a human, convinces him to save Bumblebee and save Earth. You can do both. Um, Optimus Prime hands Sam the cube, and if Optimus Prime loses it in battle, it's up to Sam to shove it in Optimus Prime's chest to save Earth. A huge battle that makes Age of Ultron look like little leagues um, in the streets, just literally blowing up everything they can, like going out of their way to blow up everything they can. Optimus Prime and Megatron come toe-to-toe. Instead of Sam placing the cube inside of Optimus Prime, he does exactly the opposite of what he's told and shoves it into Megatron. <laughs> Luckily, um, it ends up killing Megatron and saving Earth. Optimus Prime takes a little piece of the Allspark that was left inside the chest of Mecha- Megatron. Bumblebee gets his voice back. <laughs> it looks, and like, a Sam... chip. looks yeah. like a little chip in a queso dip. <laughs> <laughs> yeah, it does. And Sam Witwicky gets the girl and is a national hero. The end. What I've done like uh after you praise myself Dude I just you know let me give you like immediately after that like hearing all of that 
watching that movie two and a half hours of that movie and then immediately getting hit with lincoln park i remember as a kid like when that happened i remember yeah. standing up and just in the movie theater and just being like yeah yeah just like, <laughs> i was like i was like yeah creatine oh, almost fell out of my chair GEDs don't need it dude just inject me with this transformers movie and then hit me over the head with lincoln park i will fucking lift a car up in the air and throw it i was so ready to wreak havoc in my local hometown after that and oh then my when God. i watched this when i watched this movie again 20 years later or 15 years later and then i felt the same way when felt lincoln it, park right? came out at the end i lifted up my couch and I just vacuumed them. <laughs> I was so hyped. You're like, oh, I might as yeah. well use this time to. <laughs> Whoa. <Turn me> back <laughs> up. <laughs> Dude, yeah. When that, when that hits at like, the end. Yeah. Okay, so um, you this, uh, this came out in 2007. So yeah. we were like, what, 14 years old when we saw yeah. this at theater? And I'm pretty sure I saw this in the movie theaters. Because uh, it I looked insane. Did. It was like. This is pre-MCU, dude. This is pre-Iron Man. So this is the this is MCU. Yeah, I was gonna go start to see, I was gonna go see this in theater. The CGI looked yeah. incredible back then. Which it was. So those are like my first thoughts. And I don't think I had like the critical lens I do today because I remember loving this. It would be sad movie. if you did. Yeah. It would be really sad if you did. Yeah. But I do. <laughs> but you we watched I remember when the, also when like this came out on video like we we bought it we had this in my house and we would watch it all the time because there's no reason why I would know all of the words to this movie like I, <laughs> I didn't movie. realize until we turned it on that I was like oh shit I yeah. know all of these scenes oh fuck yeah. It's a oh god! It's one of my favorite kinds of movies that are so bad they're so good. <laughs> it's just like the, oh, I love I this. These are the movie. This is for Jose. This is cinema. <laughs> so we we should you know there there could be people listening to this who um you know maybe are a, a bit unfamiliar with the first few Transformer movies. They've only seen the Mark Wahlberg one, so we should let everyone wow, know. Wait, you um, think that that had like a a, a, a reboot influence? I just, like, I just want people to know that we're talking about the uh, Shia uh, cinematic universe. So <laughs> that is the one that we're only going to be yeah. referencing that one um, and not the, the later, God. the Mark cinematic universe. Huh. God, look at him in your screen behind you. Anyway, so we get into this movie, two and a half hours, a <laughs> little bit long, but it's an action movie. I think, you know, over overall, it, it sort of flies by. There's not too many slow moments in this movie. But from the from the get go, we get, you know, I remember when we, we talked about Twilight back in the day. And uh, you mentioned because every single one of those movies starts with a little voiceover to set up where we're going in the movie, give us a little background information, which I've noticed that. 99% of movies that give you a voiceover thinking that they're filling you in with information, the information is really useless um, well, and, and not necessary. But what do you think about this one? About this voiceover? Yeah. It, it's awful because all of that exposition, we just get it again later. Like, we didn't need the voiceover at all. Optimus Prime has to explain to Sam 
wh why they're here, what the AllSpark is, etc. So there's like no reason why we as the audience even need that scene. And if you and if you we, we did need that scene, there's probably a better way to do it. You know, like cold open, Optimus Prime is, you know, sitting almost defeated by Megatron before he sends the AllSpark into the stars, and then we could just learn that Megatron has been chasing the AllSpark ever since the uh what are the, where Cybertron fell. You know, like you you could write like a three page cold open that tells you all of that through dialogue and in a much more interesting way i just imagine optimus prime you know that like the meme of the when the popeye's chicken sandwich came out and the employee is just like sitting on a crate behind the building just like like elbows <laughs> on the knees just looking down yeah. that's just how this movie opens up it's just optimus prime sitting like yeah. that. he's like, like i wonder tired to say tired of saving the world man um yeah that was pretty wild um and then i also loved like when we're when we're hearing about it like this movie let me tell you something if you just are looking for something to have and completely turn your brain off if you're someone that enjoys movies because you can turn your brain off and just have an experience for a little bit like a, a little bit of an escape let me give you an example of why this movie is that for you? The dialogue is so rudimentary that the big item that they're trying to find is just called the cube. And I love that they call it the cube because it is a giant square. And it's like I just way bigger yeah. than them, too. It's yeah. like huge. I and love I that know. the most important thing in this movie is the cube. The cube. But everything in this movie from the beginning, like the the dialogue the setup like everything is super basic it's super like er, they repeat just, like, it every five seconds like, i love it is it a money issue like why start with that vo it'd just be so much more exciting like showing us the battle showing us instead of telling us and and it's not like vo can't be used effectively but like when it's just used in the beginning and then you forget about it for the whole fucking movie and then you close the movie with another VO, it just seems lazy. There's no way you forgot about it because they hit you over the head with it. So we yeah. get into Qatar. This but movie then we go to Qatar. <laughs> and, yeah. we were, and this is what I remember that this movie is like a military industrial yeah. like commercial. It's like trying yeah. to sell to us that like, hey guys, war is kind of fun. Look at how much fun we're having at sick. war. It's sick. You can be friends with this tiny little Qataran boy that doesn't understand that we are invading his country. And you can bathe in a little kiddie pool right next to your friends. <laughs> no, I love this in the beginning when they're all in the helicopter and they're just oh, hanging yeah, out. Yeah. And it's like Josh Dumal, oh, Tyrese Gibson, God. the dude from Prison Break who's hilarious. And they're all like talking. They're like, yeah, what do you want to do when you get home? Or like, what can't you wait for? And they're all like, the ladies. And then Josh Dumal's like, I can't wait to see my wife and kids. And they're like, <laughs> lame. And then you're this like, oh yeah, is... this is a Michael Bay movie. Yeah, yeah. And it's like, this that scene's also weirdly racist. Like, Oh, for sure. He's like, ooh, I can't wait for my arroz con abuchuela or whatever he's saying. He's just saying like normal shit. And the other guy's like, blah, 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 blah. He's like, speak English. 
like Tyrese Gibson is, and this isn't the only instance that's like specifically against Latinos. Because Bernie Mac also is like, get out of here with that voodoo shit. Like, what are you talking about? He's speaking Spanish. <laughs> I don't know. Was 2007 like that? Was this what 2007 was like? Yeah, man. 2007 there. Yeah. You know, yeah, but I love, uh, I love that line of the dialogue, good old days. too, where the guy's like, hey, you guys remember Weekends? Yeah, no, I don't remember weekends. What are we like? We still have weekends here yeah, in Qatar. Yeah, yeah. <laughs> but it's not Fenway and hot dogs and arroz con habichuela. <laughs> I don't care. Fuck this conversation. I just want to see my wife and kid. I know, right? And he zooms them. <laughs> hey, honey, war is great. <laughs> and then I love the way that they describe like an unidentified aircraft, like landing. bogeys. Yeah, bogeys. And it's like, get have your crew exit, or we will kill you. <laughs> like, oh, is that Dude. the correct military jargon? Is it that cut and dry? <laughs> we will blow you up. Uh-huh. Um, I love that guy. Do you think that guy, I, I don't remember his name off the top of my head, the actor's name, but do you think there comes a point where you just sort of look like that? And like who? Like who? Like Josh, Josh Duhamel? Or? No, no, the guy, the, 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 oh, the anath- who was yeah, like the, the anath- military leader who was like, please pull over or we will blow you up. Yeah, um, yeah. <laughs> I feel like every movie I, I watch, like Independence Day or whatever, he's the same guy. He's you that think guy. at some point he just like gets typecast as military guy. He's just like, this is just who I am. I'm a big stocky man and I look yeah, good in camo. What can I say? Yeah. <laughs> all good in camo i got that southern accent uh-huh yeah i felt bad for him i just look like a fucking imperialist don't i <laughs> um yeah and then i love that they're just like it's an american vehicle that they have no idea about it's just in their airspace and they're like mm. i also didn't remember that like they could create hologram humans in their cockpits did you remember that it seems like I only that-, that one does yeah, I thought Stars they were just green. all empty, like empty cars. Uh, yeah, me too. Driving around. No, not that Starscream one. Starscream but... is low key a fucking sick name. Yeah, Starscream is one of the better, better ones. What a great name. The Decepticons, honestly, like all had really cool. What would vehicles. be your? Uh, what would be your name? What would be your Decepticon slash Autobot name? Hmm. I have a few. I have a few, but I'm trying to think of the best one. Okay. I feel like back in the day when, when Transformers came out, there was probably a BuzzFeed quiz that was, uh, yeah. what is your uh, yeah. Autobot name? You know, like, what is your uh, My Decepticon name is on? like Crash Fuck. And, uh, <laughs> and like, what is my Autobot name? Oh, here oh, we go. Transformers okay. name generator. Got ooh, it. Speaking ooh, of call ooh. signs, I forgot to mention in, uh, what you watch, and I did see Top Gun in the movie theater. Pfft, amazing. Did we, did we not talk about that? No. I thought we talked about that. Well, we, we did talk about it, just not here. Choose wisely. Okay, which generation do you belong to? <laughs> Overload. Uh, generation, <laughs> generation Alpha. They call uh, me uh, Brawl. <laughs> what do you currently do in life? Good question. Oh, it's like asking you actual questions. Out. Mm-hmm, mm-hmm. What is your deepest desire? I'm going to go personal growth. That's a good desire. What would you say is your strongest quality? Intelligence, kindness, creativity, 
I'm a survivor. Okay. What role do you play in your friendships? I like to make my friends laugh. They always come to me for advice. I tend to be a peacemaker. I offer support when I can. I am usually the one trying to help them fix things. Um, why did you take this test? I wanted to know what Autobot name I had. Oh my God, it's still going. What do you dream about when you sleep? <laughs> <laughs> the end of this quiz. I know. Fighting or running away from war. That's what I'm going to click. If you were an animal, what animal would you be? <laughs> you have a bucket list. You're going to be like Chuckle, Chucklebot. Chucklebot. <laughs> oh, do I want to be Autobot or Decepticon? Be a Decepticon. They're cooler. Enter your name and click transform and roll out. <laughs> my uh my autobot name is iron treon that's not great mine's gonna be like fucking hot load or something <laughs> hot load roll out hot load we need your uh, assistance <coughs> no right, sorry um, also, i got really apart- uh, distracted here no that was uh that was uh a good a good segue into um the horrible dialogue that this movie has. <laughs> like how fucking I, great I was it one. when this is happening and like the helicopter just, it lands on the base. They turn into like a whole robot, right? Yeah. And just starts taking people out. And uh, you just hear one of the officers go like, protect the files, cut the main drive. Like they're just <laughs> sick. And then this guy takes an ax to like wires. <laughs> Yeah. As if that's how files are held. And then, and then it was the signal analyst, right? She like, she's like, no, you need to shut everything down. And they're oh, like, she oh, she says the same God, thing. Thank God yeah. you're here. Yeah. She's like, you need to take down the files. It's my horrible <laughs> Australian accent. That was pretty good, man. <laughs> no, but then we meet Sam, and he's selling. He's hawking his grandfather's crap. Um, Did you find it funny that Shia LaBeouf in this movie plays essentially the same as Stanley Yelnitz in Holes? Accidentally, while I was watching this with my sister, said, like, what do you think Stanley thinks about whatever? And then she's like, no, it's not Stanley Yelnitz. (laughs) That's Sam (laughs) Witwicky. Yeah, that's uh, Witwicky. Yes, but I like like Shia LaBeouf in this Oh. He's I love so good. He's, he's great. I mean, he's everybody's so sweaty. It's like they don't have AC at the school or something. <laughs> no, they don't. Uh, Their skin is glowing. They all laugh at at semen and sex tant, right yeah. after he says that. Hell yeah! Hell yeah! And then, and then he's like, "This is eleventh grade, not uh, whatever." Um, yeah. And I was like, "Oh shit! These guys are in eleventh grade because Hoyt Ambrose from Accepted is sitting right next to uh, uh, Michaela." Megan yeah. Fox's character, and he looks like he's 35 years old. I think they were all pretty much 35 at this point. I think Shia LaBeouf can get away with being anywhere between 18 and 25 at this point in his career, but definitely mm-hmm. not. Well, how old are you in 11th grade? 17 years old? 16, 17 years old? Believe it or not, when this movie was released, Shia, Shia was 21. See, that so, makes sense. Not, that makes not sense. far off. Not no. far How off. old was Megan Fox? Same age. So she was also 21. Oh, wow. Mm-hmm. She looks exactly the same. <laughs> John's making a face. <laughs> uh, I don't know about that. 
<laughs> anyway, yeah. yeah so, um, nice. I mean, yeah, she looks good still. What do you think, uh, Sam Witwicky's uh, high school superlative was? Um, most likely like to be a used car, car salesman. Like nobody, nobody knows who he is. <laughs> yeah, yeah, he has no friends. Yeah, that was well. He had the one friend that liked to climb trees. Who was gonna buy to the park. any of that shit? Right? No. He's one. like, look at these classes. Like fifty dollars, forty dollars, thirty dollars. You give me thirty dollars for these I have glasses. thirty-five. Like, bitch, thirty dollars. I'm not. I'll give you three dollars for those broken glasses. Yeah, I I think he um. Yeah, not not right place at the right time. Hey, so he, John, have you ever asked yourself what would Jesus do? Yeah, I love that pitch at the end. It was like classic <laughs> Shia LaBeouf. He like goes into it and he's like selling like someone's about to die, uh-huh. and then he goes, "What would Jesus do?" And I was waiting for the teacher to be like, "I don't believe in Jesus," um, which yeah, would have been just, amazing. They just cut away. Yeah, they just cut away. Yeah. Well, have you ever uh, begged in high school? Did you ever beg one of the our teachers to give you a better grade? Never in my life. Yeah, me neither. I can't imagine what that's <laughs> no, like. Me neither. Me neither. I think I always did just fine enough when I was in yeah. school that I was like, that's good. That's fine. Yeah. Whatever. <laughs> I wasn't like and if I didn't hard. try, if I didn't yeah. try and I got a bad grade, I'd be like, yeah, deserved that one. Definitely. <laughs> that's on me. <laughs> yeah. That's my fault. <laughs> Probably should have read the book. I, I, did wait until the last week of class to finish all my online homework. So yeah, definitely makes sense that I only did about 60% of it correctly. Yeah. I remember really mailing it in like about sophomore year of high school. For sure. <laughs> me too. That's when it all started going downhill for me. I think I had senioritis my second week of high school. And in, in my sophomore year of high school in my AP bio class, one time I did raise my hand and participated mm-hmm. And the, my teacher, oh, Ms. Nice. Hudson, was like, yeah, everybody, let's listen to what Jose has to say. And the whole oh. class laughed because I never participated <laughs> at all. So her joke just landed hard. And I was just sitting there like, okay, never going to speak in this class. Yeah. <laughs> F you. That's tough. Yeah. She, That's pretty I, savage. I deserved it. I, I literally did, did nothing in that class. Yeah, She was pretty over me at that point. Damn. Um, but to say that. So yeah, Miss Hudson, you must solid really joke. I still remember it. <laughs> <laughs> it's been 13 years. <laughs> I don't think I remember any jokes. Yeah, I was too busy me. trying to not listen to what uh, they were saying and ready to land my jokes at any second. Yeah. My yeah. favorite class was uh, the one that we had to watch White Collar in. Oh, great show. We watched White Collar? I thought we watched Bones. We also watched Bones. Same class. Yeah. Oh, same class. Yeah. Great mm-hmm. class. We took <laughs> a forensics class. class <laughs> yeah. We just watched CSI. <laughs> yeah. We went to a real high school. Yeah. Also, you yeah, know what you I guys remember from that math? class is she, at one point, I think she was teaching us about like careful. hair follicles. So uh-huh. she careful. went and pulled pubes off of the toilets at school. And she no, showed no. us that. I swear to God, no. she did that. She said, Do you guys don't want to know where I got these. <laughs> <laughs> uh, of way. course, we're all like, uh, Yes, we do. Explain yourself. <laughs> There's no way. I s- swear. I swear. I don't remember that. That is yeah. disgusting. I also remember I'm gonna, that like, person find being her... like a black belt. 
So <laughs> I'm gonna just find a, a weird teacher and I'll ask her about both of those things. Do you do you remember that person's name? Um. Yeah, but I don't. Want, I don't really want to say. No, it don't now. say it. Don't, don't say it. I don't really want to say even, it now. I don't even remember the person's name. I do. I do but, remember her name. But to hear that they did that is insane. How do we even know that it's they like, got it off dude, the toilet? We don't pay teachers enough. <laughs> I feel like getting it off the toilet is the best of the worst circumstances because there How are else other are ways that it? she could have got. That they <laughs> yeah, there are. <laughs> that that would have been. She probably found the most ethical way to do it. Sure, sure, sure. Do you do you think they ask consent from the person that they got it? No, because it's like it's abandoned. You know, it's like you know. Sure, sure. It's like finders keepers. If you drop the dollar on the street, is it your dollar anymore, or is it the next person's? What is it? Possession is uh, nine tenths of the law, or something. (laughs) I don't know (laughs) if I just made that up. What are you a fucking cop? (laughs) (laughs) What? Not a cop. Come on, guys. You know that. <laughs> I'm cool. I'm cool. Speaking of which, Pass the over. cops in this movie, what are you, just eyeing my piece there? <laughs> Dude, so racist. <laughs> yeah. <laughs> Hold on. Wait. Let's get there in a sec. So, like, after, uh, so, enough pube talk, right? Like, come on. Wow. What did it get? Yeah. What second? kind of height? Yeah. If what kind of high school did anyone listening to this go to? Guarantee you didn't get to examine pubes in class. Um, we did. We we looked at them under a microscope afterwards. She, these found pubes. I swear. And then we identified uh, whose they were, and it was very yeah. embarrassing for everyone. You because, know what though? That's um, better detective work than they do in this movie. Than the Autobots, they just Google. <laughs> Archibald Wit Wiki or something and find Ladies Man 217. Dude, so um where were we? No, I'm kidding. So uh <laughs> Sam leaves his class. He pretty much picks up Bumblebee at Bobby Bolivia's. Uh there's a lot of came like not, I don't know about cameos, but like Bernie Mac being in the movie, John Tutoro, like they kind that of make awesome these people idiots. Yeah. Yeah, but they kind of make these people kind of idiots. He's like, that's my mammy. Say hi, mammy. She's like, (laughs) he's like, fuck you, you old bitch. Love her spirit. Love her spirit. So we finally get to see Bumblebee, which is sweet um, because uh, I don't know about your first car, but they make multiple references to this car being a piece of shit. Yeah. Um, And it is way nicer than... The first car I ever got. Shout out grandma for giving me your your old car, but uh, way better. <laughs> yeah, uh, me too. Way better than my first car. Shout out pops. Thank you for the 92 Camry. <laughs> Hell yeah. Still moving. Um, I fucking wish. <laughs> so right after the baby he gets died the car, on me. The right after he gets the car. This is where this movie like is interesting in some points because we have three or four different plot lines that are so different. And then they sort of converge, but the plot lines are different, but not very deep. Wait, what you know are the what three? I, mean? I think there's only like, there's only Maggie. There's, there's right? Sam. Oh, and Sam, then there's the army. Yeah, the army guys. The army. And yeah. yeah, yeah. And then the Autobots. And the oh, Decepticons. that's true. Of course. <laughs> I forget, how could I forget about the Autobots and the Decepticons? So we get into God, the. Those are very thin. They are very thin plot lines. Yeah. So we're in the Pentagon and 
is this movie like while it is a glorification of arm the army and blowing shit up is it also like a take on how dumb uh the pentagon and the president and stuff yeah. are because they're in uh, this the room president has dispatched battle groups battle groups <laughs> what are you fucking talking about they're like holy shit that's a secretary of defense it's like i couldn't tell you what the secretary i could actually but not in high school no and then it's just like weird that they have the high school kids the signal analysis group um i've never heard of signal signal analysis but there's Here's like a, a signal of genius <laughs> they're like hmm, it's not chinese and it's not russian <laughs> it's middle eastern um he's like so do you that- think maybe iran and then the guy's like no 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 I, this is way too advanced for iran <laughs> <laughs> no i walked here <laughs> good one john <laughs> no sir no the country iran oh <laughs> my bad oh my god so we kind of get the whole signal analysis thing which is kind of weird but ties everything together but not at the same time i don't know then we're back to the army group that's just now walking in the desert after their first encounter uh with the decepticon and then the underground scorpion decepticon comes after them and i remember this scene just being bonkers when i was a kid so cool when i was still cool it is cool it is cool Dude, what this movie does really well, though, is that the Autobots and Decepticon look really good in this movie. And all of the mayhem, or I should say the Michael Bayham, is so well. That's a thing, though. That's already a thing. Uh, It's so well done that, like, you know, like, all the explosions are so well-timed with the CG robots, like, falling on a Transformer or something. Or, like, landing on Earth. (laughs) (laughs) It's so well done that, like, I I just kind of, I just fall into the movie. And I stop thinking about how dumb the Maggie and Secretary of Defense storyline is. Like, I honestly immediately forget about it as soon as Shia LaBeouf is on screen with Bumblebee and the other robots. Autobots. Yeah, you... Excuse me, was that racist? Did I just, like, miss... species you you generalize the whole species um (laughs) but you you put this in the notes and i totally agree that the movie 100 percent relies on on shy's charisma especially like when we get that scene where he's in the camaro he brings his friend that we i don't even remember the friend's name um, to the party to uh to to climb climb a tree tree. (laughs) yeah he's like i'm trying to act cool man you see that dismount bro and it's honestly it was a good dismount and then he just verbally disarms the the bully, and then Megan Fox is like, "I'm out." John, if we were in high school and there was a girl that I wanted to give a ride home, there's no way I would kick you out of my car to do it. I mean, I would probably get out of the car. Get out of my car. Get Where out of my car. Where am I gonna go? He's like, "Just get out of my car." <laughs> I mean. It, yeah, it, it kind of didn't make sense because he's like, "Yeah, dude, she's got to walk ten miles home." Kind of creepy that. How did you feel about the joke where he's like, um, well, she's like, oh, I'm just, I can't help that I've got a weakness for guys with abs and big, big uh, arms. And he's like, yeah, yeah, I just put in that, uh, that thing over there and that <laughs> that, disco ball. <laughs> it's like, I cracked up. Yeah. <laughs> it's funny because, like, it's a terrible joke. 
But Shia yeah. Buff is so earnest in like his delivery of being a goofball that it like yeah. works. You're just like, oh damn, why is that? It's only funny because Shia LaBeouf did it. Just half of the stuff in this movie, you know, like yeah. him on him on him on the girl's bike is not even a joke. <laughs> no, but Shia LaBeouf looks goofy doing it. And like him in the whole scene with the car where it's playing the music and it, uh-huh. the engine shuts off and it pulls up to the the spot over the edge of the cliff and all that stuff. Yeah. The, or or the when he's at, being like, chased by, I forget which which Decepticon fucking battle shits or something. And he... Um, battle roids? <laughs> that's sound, my Decepticon name. just hemorrhoids. <laughs> Hemorrhoids roll out. No, but but in that scene, like his the the Decepticon pulls his pants down, and then for the rest of the of the of him running away, he's like in his boxers, which again is so lazy but so goofy when it's Shia LaBeouf doing it that it I don't know it just kind of makes you it makes me smile it makes me feel good. He is good. He is good. Um, and the and parents this scene too. too. Oh my god! And this scene, um, with the bumblebee, like pulling pulling the tricks. I think we start to get a little bit of the character development. Um, uh, maybe I'm being generous there. Uh, but you know, Michaela lets us know that she ain't no ordinary girl. You know, mm-hmm. her dad. Her dad was a <laughs> grease monkey. He was a grease monkey. Guys don't and, like and it some, when you know more about cars than they do, you know? Yeah. So, you know, like like all girls love to hear, you just have to play dumb uh-huh. and really just feed into their ego. So And, um, and, and look away when, that's you a have classic, to, my, when you have to, like, when you just can't deal with how fucking hot and sweaty they are. <laughs> I know, because they're, they're big muscles. Oh, and they're so hot like, and sweaty so that weak. I have to look away and bite my... Uh, oh. <laughs> so paralyzed. Yeah, if that ain't a classic Michael Bay. Michael Bay, if he knows one thing, it's how to write women. I tell you that. <laughs> yeah. Yeah, but you know he what gets, is funny though? Him. Is that Michaela and Maggie are like the smartest people in the movie. Yeah, that is true. <laughs> They're so smart, but so like not. At but they the don't same have time. but like the movie doesn't want them to actually do anything. So like no. even when Maggie shows up to the secretary of defense and she's like guys what if it's an organism a dna digital organism they're all like what the fuck are you talking about get the fuck out of here and come back when you've got some actual proof you dumb broad <laughs> but she's Listen like to this right? dame <laughs> D- dna digital organism get out of here <laughs> yeah like ah, all right let's talk here. about the and chinese then she ends up being right and nobody <laughs> I guess they do kind of try to fix it because he comes back. He's like, "You're gonna be my advisor." <laughs> yeah, but still, so stupid. Uh, yeah. So we kind of get to we learn a little bit more about Michaela. We learn more about Bumblebee being a little fun, fun guy. Mm-hmm. You know, um, we learn that Michaela so, is way more capable than Sam Witwicky <laughs> because she can fix yes. cars, she can drive cars. She's yeah. clearly she instead of running away from the battle, she just got in a pickup truck, put Bumblebee in the back, and like drove into Tied the battle. Up. Yeah, yeah she saved later. Sam with like the fucking thing. She cut that mm-hmm. robot's arms off. Sam never does mm-hmm. anything cool in this movie except to run away. <laughs> and they're like, "Yeah, yes. Sam saved the planet, bitch." 
Not really. Classic guy. Men get always getting the uh, yeah getting the recognition. You know, classic yeah. patriarchy. We should take down the patriarchy, dude. Maggie figured out the signals. Before we even get to the signal figuring outington, the movie sort of takes off in this scene where we're on Air Force One and we see a boombox come to life as was a robot. A pun? Like what? Was that a pun? Like the movie takes off and planes also oh. take off? Yes. <laughs> I love that it is like a four foot tall robot that is somehow and makes noise every time it every time it moves. It goes Yeah, it like also and, mutters to itself. Yeah. <laughs> it's, it's like, like, like God damn it, I can't fucking believe it's my turn to do this shit yeah. again. This also yeah. is and this robot is also the MVP of the Decepticons. It is, it, and it gets no love from anyone. It accomplishes all of their their goals. Yeah, so we're on Air Force One. The robot kind of sneaks around, lucks out because one of the flight attendants, as we said in the real rundown, is like, oh, let me go get you a ding-dong, Mr. President, which is right next to the server room is the ding-dong room. So the robot is able to sneak into the server room and start downloading all of the information. And the only reason we know the information is important is not because the robot is on air force one. First of all, they have a server room on an airplane. That seems like a bad idea. Second, the robot is doing all of this work. We would probably know that it's important information that it's stealing, but we're reaffirmed that it's important because everything that comes up on the screen as it's downloading says top secret. Top secret, top secret, top secret. Also, I love that there's a screen that's actively streaming all of the files that are being stolen. Yeah. Like, yeah. it's so stupid. She's like, the hacking into the network again. <laughs> right. And so that's how Maggie figures out what's happening is because she's a signal analysis yeah. and analyst. They're and planting a virus the and noise. they're streaming it now. They're stealing a whole they're... lot of data. And she's like, you need to cut the main drive to the mainframe and uh, protect the files. Yeah. And so Maggie saves a day here, but uh-huh. uh, not before the Decepticons know that the Witwicky family is the, uh, the key to yeah. their lock. So, like, what I want to know is how did the Autobots know that Witwicky would have the answers? When it took up to until this point for the Decepticons to know that. Like, where did they get that information? You know, like the world wide web. But something needs to prompt know. you to search with Wiki. Right. So, you know? I don't know. I don't know. But all I know, and thank, thank goodness this was explained to me, you know, after the point where Sam sees Bumblebee, like, reach out to the rest of the Autobots, we sort of get a little bit more information from the Pentagon as to what's happening right now. And the the Secretary of Defense uh, starts to like get downloaded. This is what we know is happening. Quantum mechanics, <laughs> DNA-based computer. Yeah. Now, also that uh, they just hacked your mainframe in 10 seconds. It would take a supercomputer 20 years to do that. Yeah, love it. Like, damn. So we're we'll talking about a DNA-based organism. Wait, <laughs> computer. I don't even know. And now... Maggie's like, there's only one hacker who could possibly uh, figure this out. 
So she goes. We're to, not even there yet. We're not wait, even where there. Where are yet. we? This, what do you mean? this is where we come back to what we were talking about before, where I was like, hold on, let's just quickly get to this. And then we ended talking for 20 minutes. <laughs> we get to the racist cop. Oh, God, that's right. I forgot. I almost forgot about all of the racist people in this movie. <laughs> so we get to the racist cop who thinks Sam Witwicky is super guilty of something, but I don't even know oh, what. Oh, it's because uh, he, he his car ran away. Remember? Oh, right. Like, and it it got stolen. Yeah. yeah. And then he was on drugs. Yeah. Mojo? Is that um, what the kids are calling it now? Mojo? You, mojo? you on the Zaza? <laughs> <laughs> It's so funny to me, like, because, you know, like, now in 2020, everybody's like, everybody knows cops, cops suck. But, like, every form of media that has cops is cops not being able to help. (laughs) Ever. (laughs) Except in Under the Banner of Heaven, where... Yeah, where it's a cop not really performing ethically as a police officer, but when when do they? Anyways... Not the pod for this. Not the pod for this. We talked about the uh, scorpion robot scene. Amazing. And then uh, we kind of already talked about where you mentioned uh, the war propaganda, which is hilarious. Oh, yeah. But we start to get in sort of now the plot is moving. Plot. (laughs) (laughs) Yeah. Over the cube. (laughs) That's the thing. It's like it doesn't seem like this movie has to be as long as it is because. No, it does. Right after this. (laughs) It's so long. It does. So right after this, so Maggie hard. pulls the information that she she finds, you know, quantum uh, alien mechanics and yeah. DNA based uh, computer folds. Uh, she she pulls out and I love that it zooms in on a two gigabyte SD card. I love even in 2007, we haven't learned like, hey, maybe we don't zoom in on technology we have right now because it will yeah. probably not age well. As you were about to say, she heads over to the best hacker in the world, <laughs> who's in the middle of a DDR match with his best friend, Anthony Anderson, who uh, is a character, Glenn, in this movie. Yeah. And uh, again, not the podcast for this, but this was in 2007, and the cops just storm into that house later <laughs> with no yes. warning and just uh, just throw everybody on the ground. Get the hell on the ground. He's like, get off my carpet. My my, my grandma wanna not like anybody on the carpet, especially that police. And you're like, hell yeah, police suck. Oh, my God. Even then. Anyway, so after this, Sam is getting chased by Bumblebee because Bumblebee returns, and he does that flip in front of Michaela. So she's like, oh, I'll be right back, guys. Huge Burger King sign behind her. Did you see that, by the way? Like, the, the, no. product, the product placement in this movie is everywhere. Mountain Dew, Xbox, Mountain Dew, I remember. Burger yeah. King. But then she like kind of joins him and he's being chased after the cop car, the Decepticon. And uh, Bone B jumps in, beats the crap out of him. We have that whole power plant fight uh, where the small robot guy takes his pants off, like we mentioned. Uh, and then, yeah, Michaela takes the saw to the robot guy. And now they've been through some crazy shit together. So they're all bonded, all three of them. So now they're like, so what, are you some kind of alien or something? <laughs> and he's like, yep, I speak through satellite XM radio and angels are raining down yeah. from the heavens. And, and um, then we 
We see all the meteors. And then we meet them. And all of the Autobots show up, and they're all racist caricatures, just like the troop of soldiers. I guess, yeah. Yeah. There's yeah. the black guy. There's a Hispanic guy. A white guy with glasses who is the smart guy. Yeah, yeah. yeah. The Autobots and then have the Optimus same Optimus Prime. Yeah. And Optimus Prime, Josh Duhamel. Who was the Mexican guy? Uh, I guess, I don't know, maybe Ironhide? <laughs> Bumblebee. <laughs> Maybe Bumblebee? Yeah, because Bumblebee can't speak. And you know how Mexicans can't no, speak Bumble- English? Hey, Bumblebee speak English. Bumblebee the quiet guy. <laughs> yeah, speak English. Hey, speak English. I love that, like, that in plot, which is funny because it's like, speak English, this is America. But they're like, this is Qatar. <laughs> <laughs> oh, my God. I, oh, was, uh, God. I, I was on vacation somewhere, and that, like... We make fun of this, but it's a real thing. I was on vacation somewhere in a country where it was English is not even the first five languages. Mm-hmm. And there were we were getting in an elevator and there was another American couple behind us and they, you know, looking at me, I'm I'm one of two, baby. I'm either European or American. So they they, they <laughs> took a the gamble die. and they got it. <laughs> <laughs> and they were like they were like, man, isn't it crazy? No one here speaks English. And you I should have just, just like, stayed quiet. I did stay quiet. Yes. And he, was like, <laughs> he was like, he was like, I can't believe like, you know, you have all of these English speaking people come to your country. And you don't even learn English. And I was just like, you are an wow. <laughs> But yeah, those people exist and they probably loved. That's the thing. It's like, the, it's so American too. They're like. Yeah. I, wow, I can't believe people don't speak American over here. <laughs> what the hell? Anyways, we get to the Autobots. Movie, but for what it's worth, get... I also love this movie. And Me it's too. so stupid. Me too. Yeah. So we get to the Autobots rolling out, which okay. is great. Um, and they roll out to the Wit Wiki house, mm-hmm. which is amazing. But that scene. In that scene before that, we get the Optimus Prime exposition dump where he tells us the same oh, exact so sorry, thing yeah. that they told us in the beginning of the movie. Yes. Yeah. They're like, we are here searching for the Allspark. You know, it brought life to our planet and we have been in the stars. And then I also love um, that this is at the at this point, up until this point, we had only known this important object to be the cube. And now it's the Allspark. I love it. Yeah. I was joking with you before this started that like the they probably were like just writing this really easily or an outline or whatever. Well, it's like when you're writing, and you're Michael like, I Bay. don't really have a name for this yet. Let's yeah. just call it the we'll cube. Call it the cube. Right yeah, it's a cube yeah. thing. And then he was like, Oh, the Allspark. That's sick. And then he <laughs> forgot to push Control F to change the first half of the movie to <laughs> yeah the Allspark. So it's just the all cube. cube. <laughs> yeah. Fuck. Whatever. Keep it. It's cool. Yeah. No whatever. Cube. Allspark. Uh, key, whatever. They all, they all work. Key, you. Yeah. Might as well just call it the MacGuffin. The scene at the Wit Wiki house, uh, I mean, is it the best scene it's, in the movie? It's the best scene in the movie. And it it's, seems like the yeah. easiest one to film. Just like the right. Wit Wiki's at home, hanging out. Yeah. Is he masturbating was... in there? <laughs> well, we can call it Sam's happy time. I love how the dad, and uh, he just... His focus from Sam is gone, and he's just like, no. (laughs) They are the best part of the movie. Like The The three of them. 
it was like mm-hmm. I was in for it. These little scenes, I yeah. think. So you were like, this movie can't be like it didn't need to be two and a half hours, whatever, two hours and twenty minutes. I think the scene needed to be this because these did. little scenes that yeah. we've talked about, where it was like these like charismatic scenes, I think really helped make the movie what it was. It, like yeah, yeah, I think yeah. it because there well, is it, no character building it this tricks is sort of you into liking in. the movie because they're yeah exactly because so you're laughing you're like yeah and you you get the characters immediately like those characters are yeah. built so well and they're very different you know and when and like we said like the autobots and the the group the battle group <laughs> as john Voight's character would call them are battle like group. just they're just caricatures they're just like yeah pretty standard characters but like these guys actually have personality and the actors are so good. <laughs> yeah. Very charismatic. I love when Michaela like pops up and it cuts to mm-hmm. the mom and she's already like, holy, she's like, wow. <laughs> she's like, wow, you are gorgeous. <laughs> yeah. And also there's this, there's this, there's this one line in this scene because Sam keeps going out the window and like just Shia LaBeouf the fastest most rapid fire dialogue ever you know he's just like oh my god he's just like almost gibberish he's talking so fast to the autobots and it's so good and uh but at one point optimus prime is like calm down calm down calm down (laughs) and that joke is so good to me but i'm thinking about a lot right now because also in that scene ironhide is like should i take out the humans and you're like wait a minute like i thought autobots don't hurt humans. And then Optimus Prime says that. And then I'm like, why did he yeah. need to be reminded? <laughs> no, it's so that the audience knows that they don't hurt humans. Yeah, but I, I read it as like, we don't know wait that. a minute. Would Ironhide like take somebody out if Iron, he really wanted Ironhide to? would do anything. <laughs> Ironhide's got like crazy eyes. <laughs> also, I like when Mojo pisses on Ironhide and he's like... Uh, He's like, no, no, no. He's like, he's like, it's got a masculine thing. It's like a toxic masculine thing. Uh, right, 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 right. Yeah. Ironhide, uh, he definitely huffs the Nas, if you know what I'm saying. Uh-huh. Yeah. Yeah. It's like at this point, though, that like the Transformers are very cartoony because then Sector 7 like shows it. up. And they're a total cartoon. Jesus. Yeah. But John Turturro, again, is so good. Like this movie nails it in the casting. They did. I thought he was incredible. He comes in. He's like the pretend bad bad guy cop who you're like, is he leading Sector 7? And then he kind of turns out to just be a total nobody. Yeah, I love it. It's Sector so 7. But he lives and dies by the uh-huh. 7, baby. And then they Undershirt, decide for some underwear. reason to give Michaela a backstory that Sam yeah, could give a, a fuck about. Girl. Like, right. why does Sam give a shit? You got arrested two days ago. <laughs> like, it's not He's like Sam loves cops. For him to be like, what? You got a juvie record? So like, <laughs> remember, remember those cars that my I used to work on with my dad? Well, they weren't always his. <laughs> he couldn't afford a babysitter, so he'd just take me along. And I'm like, why are we even talking about this? <laughs> oh man! He's like, and she's got her own Again. juvie record to prove it. She's a criminal. And then he goes, criminals are hot. And you're like, whoa. Whoa, why is everyone super in? She's in She's 11th 15, grade, 16. bro. <laughs> yeah. Chill out. <laughs> yeah, there was so a lot dumb. of that. That was weird. There that was, was so weird. But then the movie just becomes a blur. 
because yeah. everything so in this starts scene, happening. There's like, there's like the action chase scene with Sector 7 and then Bumblebee dives to save someone and then mm-hmm. Bumblebee gets captured and then they freeze him sort of, I yeah. guess is what they're doing to him. They're like spraying him with stuff. Who knows uh, what it is. And then but I do like this take... is the only time Sam shows any badassery is that he like runs in and takes the gun from some guy and shoots it right back at him. By gun, it's like the cryo. It's like a gas gun. gas gun. Yeah. Yeah. Um, but then the Autobots recover the glasses and they get the location. And everyone else, Sam and Sam and the crew and Bumblebee all head to Sector 7. Yeah. That's where we are. And the Hoover and Dam. Conveniently. Everyone else in the movie that we've met is also on their way to the Hoover Dam to go to Sector 7, which is super helpful. Crazy, yeah. <laughs> which at this point, by the way, I don't know if we said this right in the real ranking because I was thinking about this when you said it. Optimus decides we're going to go get the Allspark and leave Bumblebee. But at that yeah. point, he doesn't know that Bumblebee is being taken directly to where the Allspark is because it's mm-hmm. being housed right next door to Megatron at sector seven and everything everything yeah so everybody's heading there and so we have a scene where like jazz like in his weird horrible caricature voice is like uh what are we just gonna leave bumblebee back there and he's like bumblebee is a soldier so he this is what he would want or whatever he like gaslights into abandoning their friend and then (laughs) and then they 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 go on their way to, to go get the cube Meanwhile, Bumblebee's having his own adventure, <laughs> and he ends up getting the cube, and yeah. then they all drive out of Sector 7, and yeah. they just meet Optimus Prime on the road <laughs> to Sector yeah. 7. They're like, oh, we were just on our way there. Uh, yeah, totally, we were, you're going to we save were, you. <laughs> we were just about to save you. Yeah, we were on our way to save you. That's crazy that you're fine. And you have the cube? Get the fuck out of here. <laughs> That's crazy. Super Those were both of our goals. <laughs> they just fucking burn, tire, turn around, and start following Bumblebee instead. <laughs> Roll out. Like, oh, great job, Bumblebee. You did it. <laughs> it's so stupid. And the movie just moves yeah, on so as if, like, Optimus yeah. Prime's plans, as if he's the greatest planner of all time. He was, dude. It all it's worked like a out. Whole, he's a Sometimes horrible leader. Yeah, what? It all worked out. Yeah. No one had to know. Um, if Jazz yeah, went missing, the... he would turn everybody and be like, this is what Jazz would have wanted. We're going <laughs> to leave Jazz. Fi- He's not like a no man left behind kind of guy. He's just like, a, fuck it. Let's keep going. Let's get the all spark. He's like, a, listen, right before Jazz left, he told me mm-hmm. he would want us to he, move on. He didn't even like you guys. <laughs> yeah, he, actually, yeah. he said you're dumb jazz so, has been pl- I mean, planning dude. on quitting the autobots for a long time do you guys not pay attention guy. to jazz or, or what am i the only one that listens to jazz? no wonder he wanted to leave you <laughs> just further but i would never them. i would never leave you guys i would never leave. <laughs> let's move on yeah but you guys though you and me we're like this. We're tight. I would never, I would never leave you guys behind. All right, but everybody. Jazz, he want, he wanted to leave. All right, put put it in. Autobots forever round three. <laughs> One, two, three, roll out. <laughs> oh my god, it's so dumb. So now they have the cube, and Megatron is free. 
Yeah, he's he's yeah. de-iced. Uh, because oh, while we were at the <laughs> because he was freed by the MVP of the movie, the four foot tall boombox Decepticon, who snuck through the entire Sector Seven, who turned himself into mm-hmm. Megan Fox's phone. Yeah, snuck through all of Sector Seven. Oh, and, also uh, unfroze everyone. At some point here, world communication goes down. Yeah, there was a blackout. Worldwide blackout. He's like, are you yeah, telling world, me if I picked blackout. up this phone and tried to call my wife? Hello? Oh, damn. <laughs> <laughs> he's like, wait a minute. Are you telling me if I'm... What about... He's like, nope. Landlines, cell phones, everything. Landlines? How does that work? <laughs> Sir, we've lost power everywhere. He's like... Yeah. Uh, and then Maggie's like, know. oh, uh, wait. Anthony Anderson... Can you hotwire this computer to get to that short form radio and we can send a message to um, Mission City, the most boring name for a city of all. Where are we going? Next part of the movie town. (laughs) Oh, yeah. Where are we taking me? Third act climax uh, village. (laughs) (laughs) So fucking dumb. I love it. You know that's a good point. That's a good point. I didn't even also like how did if all if it was a global blackout, like all of the power was out. How did anything happen? Like how did they have planes in the air? Like, I, I don't even know. They don't talk about how they get communication back up at all. All of a sudden they're all Not like important. the fighter jets are scrambling. They they somehow get word to the rest of the army. They're all like, "Sir, we need you over here right now." Josh Duhamel's like, "All right, okay, I guess this is let's keep going." <laughs> So we get into yeah. the big battle where Megatron is like trying to get the Q ball spark, the thing back. Um, this entire 45 minutes was bonkers. I felt like I was on acid. I, acid. I felt like I was being jacked. I felt like Red Bull was going <laughs> monster energy drink Straight to was going face. right through my veins. Uh-huh. We're not sponsored by monster energy drink, but if we were, well, you no, know, go to monsterenergy.com, use code everyone's a real critic at checkout and uh, get 1% off your offer. Yeah, we're, we're also sponsored by Xbox 360s, uh, Mountain yes. Dews, Burger Kings, and uh, yeah. Chevrolet. Mm-hmm. <laughs> also, GMC. <laughs> All American made cars.com. Yeah. This movie is just actually just a big commercial. It's a huge commercial for cars. For America. <laughs> yeah. For fucking gas guzzling diesel ass engines. <laughs> Which is why this movie came out on the 3rd of July. Oh, dude, maybe. that's my Decepticon name. Gas guzzler. <laughs> Starscream. Ass guzzler. <laughs> ass guzzler. <laughs> he only drinks diesel. Yeah. Yeah. <laughs> I only swallow diesel. <laughs> I guzzle, I guzzle regular and unleaded though. <laughs> Diesel guzzle. There's got to be one with guzzle too. Just guzzle. Yeah, just guzzle or like uh, guzzle <laughs> muff driver. <laughs> Ramrod. Shout out Super Troopers for Ramrod. Ramrod. Holy shit. There's so many, so many great names for Autobots and the Septicons. 
god. Okay. So yeah, this is like I I kind of blacked out during this part of the movie, honestly. How? Because uh, there's so much happening. It's just mostly shit just moving. It's cars and exploding. And cars and and transformers and explosions and running. Sweaty. Yeah. A lot of sweat. Sweaty. So yeah. much sweat. A lot of slow. A lot of, close a lot of lens sweat. flares. Yeah. Yeah. I loved um, it. Why do they give Sam the cube? Because I don't. Oh, because Bumblebee takes like a huge hit. Loses. Yeah. He loses his legs. Loses his legs. Um, That's the realities of war, baby. <laughs> Dude, so many people must like, have died during the scene. Who in this group of extraterrestrial robots and humans do we think the cube will be safest with? Well, let's give it to this guy. I would have 100% you know, given it to Michaela. Or anyone except Sam Witwicky. Mm-hmm. I would have. Anyway, I also love if that. If they've proved anything, though, it's that Sam can like run away. He's like really good at running away. Yeah, he's that's he's, like his he's great at weaseling. I have seen all that humanity has to offer. They are good, really good at running. <laughs> I loved that Optimus Prime was like Sam. Look, buddy, the one thing I need you to do in this whole war is if I'm getting my ass kicked. And I'm about to die. You need to save Earth by shoving this cube into my chest. That's it. Don't ask questions, no matter what I say. Even if I'm begging you, please. No, no, no. You got to do it. And then Sam, on the on the brink of losing, Optimus Prime is down. He and like, Sam runs like, over. Sam, put it in my cleavage. Put it in me. <laughs> Quick, put it inside me, Sam. <laughs> <laughs> Sam, give it uh, to me. <laughs> he uh, like, puts it in he's like the professor in I think you should leave he's like give me that <laughs> give me that he puts it in Megatron yeah which was insane and then Megatron dies well Optimus does say uh, I will sacrifice myself and put it in like wow oh, what a that. fucking hero <laughs> but then like you're sacrificing yourself but then the Decepticons don't die do they? Or did they all explode? I don't even know. No, remember. no. Megatron explodes and then they like and then they cut they to Bumblebee flee. and they like kind of fuck some of them up, you know? Yeah. Yeah. But then they kinda of like flee. Anyway, that was so dumb. Yeah. Honestly. Yeah. Ballsy, because like what if it had just like made Megatron like four times bigger? <laughs> like what if it had given him like insane power. <laughs> you dumb you didn't know human. That. Yeah. Anyways, Bumblebee's like, I'd like to stay with the boy. And then he had his voice back ma- magically. Anyway, from the final scenes, what was your favorite like sequence in this? Mine was when Josh Jumel did that stunt on the motorcycle. He's just like, oh, fuck, motorcycle. Well, let me do this. Uh-huh, yeah. uh-huh. And he's just like gliding on it. Slides and stuff. all over that the was, ground. And then that was sweet. It shows him like no helmet. turning around afterwards and you see all of the rock on the ground and you're like his Mm -hmm. he should i wish there was a scene where he got back up afterwards and he like turns around and it's just you like ass his clothes are gone and his bare ass is out (laughs) he's like all scratched and shit on the back and just like his tiny little bare ass is out too (laughs) and it's so funny he's like (laughs) oops he like gets up the mega the (laughs) The Decepticon explodes behind him, and he's like, "Did I do that?" <laughs> <laughs> that would have been sick. He like turns around the Decept the Decept 
I can't even say it. Decepticon explodes mm-hmm. and it's like slow motion. And he like turn. He's like looking at it and then turns around. So then his butt's facing the camera mm-hmm. and he's exactly. just like does a look over his shoulder and he's like gives a little nod, a little twinkle in Hell his yeah. eye. <laughs> mm-hmm. That'd have been sweet. What was your favorite uh, sequence? There? Um, I don't know. Like I said, this is like a really big <laughs> blur for me. <laughs> I did actually all the sequences with Starscream flying around the jets are sick. He's like transforming yes. and like flying again and shooting at the other fighter jets and you see all the jets like and they're like within buildings. I wonder how much of that was CG and how much of that was practical. What? It was all practical, dude. <laughs> there was no CG in this movie. What are you talking about? Um, there is, I think, like uh, uh, these guys on YouTube, they do, they break down CGI and uh, visual effects. And I think they did one on Transformers. And they said that in the later movies, the visual effects artists actually had like they had designed the pieces to actually fit together and this one they're kind of just kind of like melded but in the next ones they're yeah. very they're much more intricate it's pretty cool hmm. cgi in this movie is great that is cool i'm pretty sure like this is, is one of the first times because this is before iron man that like cg like metal had like that right sheen to it where it like looked like yeah yeah they all look pretty damn good except for when they talk the mouths are weird yeah, the CG in this movie was better than the CG in Obi-Wan, so there's that. <laughs> yeah. I mean, they put all their money into the season finale of Obi-Wan. Yeah. For sure. Yeah. Did we ever talk about that? Yeah, I think so. Okay. So this movie ends. Sam Witwicky gets the girl. Optim- uh, Optimus Prime, you know, kind of ends it for us as he's, like, standing on a cliff, like, looking out on the sun. And he goes, you This know, is a message to all remaining gonna... Autobots. We are here. We are waiting. Yeah. (laughs) (laughs) And then, so if that didn't hype you up for like, damn, we did it. Like, I felt like I helped defeat the Decepticons Mm -hmm. for what it's worth. After his little speech. (laughs) Yeah. Oh, it's so good. What a fucking great way to end a movie. Oh my god, we dude. It was so I'm so amped. We are here. We are waiting. I was <laughs> Yeah, I just like when I saw I stood up and I just started clapping. <laughs> I mean I was crap uh, crapping. Crapping. I was, I was crapping, crapping my pants. <laughs> there was so much going on. I was clapping, I was crying, I was crapping, everything. Because it was beautiful. It was a beautiful so moment. So fucking good. And they're making out directly on top of Bumblebee. Like that's Hell an yeah. organism, supposedly. Like that's yeah. like that's like imagine if you had a dog and you were just like <laughs> just fucking right on top of it. <laughs> and that it's even worse than that because like they they probably hooked up inside of Bumblebee. Oh God. <laughs> I guess is it's like better than hooking way? up with That's Bumblebee. Like a, does that count as a three-way? The thruple situation? Mm-hmm. Or maybe Bumblebee's just a maybe. cuck. He just likes to watch. <laughs> That's your Decepticon face. Cuck. Yeah, cucklebee. <laughs> <laughs> the sheen cuck. <laughs> oh, God. That's so funny. 
Dude, oh, whoever man. wrote John Voight's lines, I want to give them a medal. Like, <laughs> some of the funniest <laughs> military jargon I've ever heard. This this movie's this was so much fun. <laughs> so you know, Lincoln Park ends. The credits roll up black. How are you feeling? I feel amazing. I feel like I could run a marathon. <laughs> I feel so good. <laughs> I was like so surprised with how much fun I was having while watching this movie. It's like I didn't realize how nostalgic it would be. And it's so goofy. It's so charismatic. It's it's fun. But at the same time, it's like horribly written, surprisingly racist. <laughs> sexist pro-military industrial complex but it's just it covers all of that with explosions and autobot sounds and shia labeouf uh charisma it's it's fine it's great i it's both fine and great (laughs) i loved it i loved it (laughs) yeah i mean you have it's one of those things where you're like hey it's michael bay he lives in another world of racism and hot girls and sweat and explosions. But it was such a fun time. Uh I had a great time watching this movie. I could have watched another hour. I could have watched like two more scenes of the Whitney family and another fight. (laughs) (sighs) Don't tell me there's five more movies. (laughs) But like to your point, like this is like, like some movies when you're watching them, you like can't stop thinking about wow that was really dumb there was no like wow that character had nothing to them like wow but shia labeouf's charisma like the explosions i didn't find myself really thinking about that too much i was just enjoying being in the moment absolutely i kept forgetting about all that stuff because i was being distracted by every time we cut back to shia labeouf and the wikis it was a great movie. Like, if you were thinking, uh, wait, but wait a minute, what about? Hey, hey, hey look over here, look over here, look yeah, over yeah. here. There's John Totoro in his underwear. Look over here. This is funny. <laughs> yeah, if you thought that John Boyd like, dialogue was weird, don't worry because here's Optimus yeah. Prime doing parkour, hiding underneath a bridge. <laughs> exactly. <laughs> <laughs> wait a minute, that didn't. Whoa! Did you see that? He's got a sword. <laughs> Hold uh, on a second. How did Sam? Why is Sam Witwicky hiding behind on the edge of a? Oh my God! Optimus Prime yeah. jumped in. <laughs> exactly, man. Yeah, this movie was. I did love the scene where he's like handing off the AllSpark to the helicopter, yeah. and then he's like, "Oh no, why?" <laughs> the helicopter just goes down. Yeah. It was the worst handoff in movie yeah. history. It was. Yeah, it had so much time to, to do it too. They're like. Here you go. <laughs> yeah. So good. So good. Okay, let's get to the critic. We've been talking for a uh, long time. Yeah. We I gotta, can talk forever. We gotta get to the critic and audience reviews. Yeah, let's let's so I mean 58%. Like that's really bad. And we're gushing over this. Um 58% critics, right? Yeah. Fifty-eight <laughs> percent critic score. Gas so, gusher. Let's hear what the let's hear what. Vin Diesel. Let's hear what the uh, this one here, the Times in uh, UK, had to say. gave it gave it a one out of five. Films directed Engine by Michael Lube. Bay are usually <laughs> films directed by Michael Bay are usually like being shouted at by a half wit 
for two and a half hours, and Transformers is no exception. One out of five. It's so true. Okay. It's, it's, so it's true. true. <laughs> Can't argue against All right, that. All right. But you know what? I think here's the, your guy. the difference, though, John, is that I am a half-wit. So, like, yeah. I'm fine with it. Yeah, I related. Mm-hmm. I was like, they. F- I feel like they're talking to me. <laughs> um, here's your guy, Roger Ebert. Um, it's, oh, uh, he was probably he says, alive when he did this. Yeah. Oh, shit. This is oh, pre-mortem. <laughs> is that a thing? Yeah, pre-mortem. <laughs> I think it's just uh, alive. <laughs> he says, it's goofy fun with a lot of stuff that blows up real good. And it has the grace not only to realize how preposterous it is, but to make that into an asset. Three out of four. So, hey, you know, he he might be onto something. He's one of the few that ranked it high. He, oh, wow. What a way with words. Has the grace to Mm -hmm. not only realize how preposterous it is, but to make it into, that that is its strength. It's so good. Yeah. He knows exactly what's happening. Um, Then we get into... uh, a publication, Christianity Today, Um, an overwhelming and indistinguishable deluge of flying wreckage, sporadic explosions, and gnarled heaps of metal. (laughs) One out of five out of four. It's a bit reductive, but it's definitely the third act of this movie. (laughs) Yeah, but my question is, why would you go see this movie if you did not expect other, like, if you expected it to be yeah. not this, you're dumb. But I mean, they're they're movie critics, John. They have they have to go see the movies. You're right. They have to you're go right, see. You're them. right. It's, it's not it's like an the ob- audience obligation. Yeah, the audience can pick and choose what movies they want to see. Critics are forced you to know, give their yeah, opinions yeah. on all of them, even if you don't like it. You know, like I'm not gonna go watch fucking uh, I don't know what's a movie that's out right now, Jurassic World Dominion or whatever. I'm not going to pay to go watch that, but I'll tell you what, I'm going to watch it when it comes out for free because then I can like make joy, enjoy it and make fun of it. You know, it's a, it's a blessing and a curse to be a critic, you know, the blessing of being able to see movies, the curse of thinking, you know, everything. Um, The San Diego union tribune, it's a Hasbro ad. It's a Chevy commercial. It's a pitch for Homeland security. A pretty ineffective one. <laughs> one and a half out of four. <laughs> yep. It is. This is a big ass commercial for all of those. These things. are less of these critiques that I, you know, out of um, Roger Ebert's, well, uh, less of critiques, more of just facts. And kind of nitpicking, uh, you know, and like not really. Yeah. It's funny because normally yeah. critics have an ability to like end their thesis, uh, wrap up. A movie pretty quickly you know but these mm-hmm. are more like nitpicks except for the first one on yeah. roger ebert's just like yeah. it's not really the whole movie there i'm not saying the whole movie's good but that's just one piece of the movie <laughs> you know that's the movie true, yeah. isn't overwhelming in a distinguishable deluge of flying wreckage sporadic explosions and now deeps of metal but it's also a sitcom about the wiki family being thrust into some weird right. ass fucking uh, alien robot, robot thing fight yeah <laughs> yeah so those were the critic reviews like you said very like specific it seems less there there which is weird because this movie was a lot of feels there were a lot of vibes and the critiques from the critics were very unemotional very sterile 
and very factual, which was a weird juxtaposition I found. Whereas well, you get into the audience review. Maybe we can talk about this for a second. Yeah, exactly. That's kind of what I was going to say. It's like, do you have to yeah. try to look at it objectively as a critic or can you bring your own bias? Because some of some critics, as we've seen, bring their own weird biases to movies. Uh, something tells me that Christianity today has some biases. You know what I mean? Um, and I think that's okay. I think I would honestly prefer. Too. Yeah. I, I would prefer a critic that knew their voice and had their bias because then I have something to judge that off of. Whereas when you're a critic and you rate Transformers very low, but you go and see Avengers Age of Ultron and you rate that very high. Yeah. And I would argue that they're very similar Agreed. in the movie. So it, it just makes it difficult if I'm someone that reads reviews from critics I don't really know what that means. Whereas if it's Christianity today and I know that they have their own bias, yeah. I can be like, oh, okay, well, they always never seem to like that, but I do. So I can go check that. It out. does seem like uh, I think you got to double down. Yeah, exactly. And you know, like when you read critic reviews, you do have to take into consideration that like a lot of them are biased towards a specific, I, I, to use what we were saying before, corner of cinema, right? Whether it's like art house or dramatic. Uh, uh, stories uh, that are character based as opposed to like giant nonsense blockbusters um, but at the same time they're both film it's like how do you judge both when they're so incredibly different so yeah like I mean you could say you're an unbiased critic but at the end of the day everybody has their preferences you know so like what and really makes you any different the than the audience well that's because every at the end of every day Everyone's, Everyone's a real critic, critic, you know. Ah. So let's get into some of Maybe our real critics here in the audience. <laughs> Maybe <laughs> we can't just do any movie, you know, because then like it's too it's too easy. You gotta like go like the ones that are a little bit different. Polarizing, you know. Yeah, polarizing. Some might say we'll think about it. Um, there's a, there's this first audience there. review, <laughs> something small. Maybe it could be big small for now um <laughs> this first review a little long but it's a good and fun movie with a good message it's definitely the best and most developed film of the transformer series huh so this movie this review was written after they've already watched a few of the other ones i think yeah, yeah. this was a this was a newer looks review, like yeah. oh, okay 2012 yeah and they gave it four stars it is a little yeah. long it's almost as long as this podcast is going to be. <laughs> we could talk about Transformers for longer than the movie. Love the good message. What's the message? I agree. It's a good one. You know, it's, hey. Humanity you know, is brave come, and good. Humanity's brave and we're good. And we fight for what we care about. The Allspark. Mm -hmm. You know? And uh, yeah. friendship. And Qatar. And, <laughs> mm -hmm. and little kids in Qatar, yeah. yeah. What happened to that little kid? Um, this next, I mean, he's gonna grow up and be in the last Transformers movie. Um, this, oh! this next one here. Oh wait, that's a genius concept. That's how that's how you reboot this movie. That's what you do. <laughs> you you get like you got the diversity right there, starring a, a, a BIPOC person. An immigrant. Mm -hmm. Ooh, that's made for the woke 2020s. Mm -hmm. You think he's we'll going to be like riding a beast war? 
I'm going to be honest. I don't think Michael Bay has even thought of that. I, no. That doesn't seem like his wheelhouse. It seems like too much emotion. Um, <laughs> this next one, best movie of the summer so far, five stars. So this one was interesting to me because this movie came out in 2007. Yeah. Do you know so, what else came out? Um, no. What else came out in 2007? Oh, I thought that's what you were going to say. Yeah. No. Yeah. Yeah. Tell me. Oh, okay. Uh, oh, do you not know? No, or were I'm, you I'm asking, asking you. Because I do know. I'm asking you. Oh, okay. So what else came in 2007? <laughs> Spider-Man 3. Ooh. A cult classic. Uh, Shrek, Shrek the Third. Pirates of the Caribbean. Harry Potter the and the of Order of Phoenix. Three. Yes, sorry. The Bourne Ultimatum. Born there was some three. big, super, super bad came out. Some big movies uh, so in many, the summertime uh, of 2007. So many third movies in a trilogy in the summer yes, 2007. Yes, big, big trilogy year. But what was interesting is this movie, or this review by the audience member was also written in 2012. So I was like, okay, well, if they were talking about 2007, that could make sense. You know what's crazy? You know, there, there were a couple to movies. To think about, John, is how many of these, this is pre-MCU 2007, right? Look at how fucking mm-hmm. bloated the summer blockbuster uh, was. Like, so many trilogies. Uh, Harry Potter 5 came out that year. Um, mm-hmm. Live Free or Die Hard. So Die Hard 4, Fantastic 4, Rush Hour 3, Ocean's 13. Mm-hmm. Like, even if people claim, like, the MCU fucking ruined cinema, that there are no original movies anymore. When right before it, that's exactly what was happening. Just fucking sequelitis, yes. and, and and people were so scared to do anything new, you know. I mean, I won't say that MCU didn't do that, but it seems like a trend in Hollywood for a long time. Oh, for sure, for sure. Um, Evan Almighty, and because Bruce Bruce Almighty needed a sequel. Super bad is two thousand seven in the summertime. Uh, Disturbia, another Shia LaBeouf, a great Shia LaBeouf movie. I like that movie. Um, I've seen that in a long time. So what was interesting is this review was written in 2012. And when you look at 2012 summer blockbusters, you have The Avengers, Dark Knight Rises, The Amazing <laughs> Spider-Man. <laughs> what do you think he was talking about the uh, summer Men in Black of 2012? 3. I think he might have been talking about 2012. But wait, it was written in April. hilarious. The Expendables That's not even summer yet. The Expendables 2. Best of the season, bro. I don't know. Yeah, I don't know what this person was talking about. He wrote it in April of 2012. <laughs> I'm talking about 2011? The summer of 2011? I don't know. I don't know what this person was talking about, but I love that they gave it five stars at best movie of the season. I don't know what they were talking about, dude. And 2011 is a repeat of 2007. Harry Just Potter, case. Transformers. <laughs> yeah. Pirates of the Caribbean. Harry Potter, Transformers, Pirates of the Caribbean. Oh my god, that's so weird. Fast Five. All right. Uh, so we have a lot of Thor. So we have a lot of five the stars. Beginning of the MCU. Kung Fu Panda Two. Yeah, we have a lot of five star reviews. Sequels. And uh, I wanted to get some juxtaposition here from from our audience members because you know it didn't it didn't get a hundred percent, which means some people didn't like it. Um, so I want to give you this review here. Um, some call it the death of cinema. Others call it a blockbuster nonsense. And there are also others who defend it as simply fun and nothing else. 
While I can't say that I had much fun with Transformers, Michael Bay's first entry into not only a dominating franchise at the box office, but also a dominating formula and shooting style. As such, I simply don't care for this big screen adaption of the beloved 80s cartoon classic, and I wasn't that big of a fan of when when I was a kid anyway. Sure, it's fun but it doesn't lend itself to well it doesn't lend itself well to live action especially with Michael Bay at the helm i found it mostly awful and i can't fathom how people get any enjoyment out of it i can't say too much though because i'm a fan of movies that are so bad they're good but to me this isn't one of those it's nothing but an exercise in excess oh yeah i would like that's to that's hilarious oh they gave it one star one star what's funny about this review is They said, I can't say I had much fun with Transformers, but then they went on to say, sure, it's fun. Um, And then they said, I'm a fan of movies that are so bad, bad, they're good. It kind of seems like they're just being a hater if they're saying that they're fans. But also the very beginning of the paragraph, I was like, I was like, okay, okay. What are you trying to say? Because he's not saying he's not saying that he agrees that it being with it being the death of cinema. He's just saying that, like, some people say these things, but me personally, I didn't really. I say nothing. (laughs) Exercise in excess, though, is a fun phrase, and it's exactly how I would describe any Baz Luhrmann movie. Yeah, yeah. So let's get uh, into the last audience review here, which I think sums up at least how I'm feeling. Um, such a freaking awesome oh they didn't even say freaking sorry such a fucking awesome movie Mm -hmm. i have so much more respect for michael bay as a director something i couldn't see him pulling off and he did and i have a lot more respect for shia labeouf as an actor now he really did an awesome job in this film whereas now i can see him being in the fourth installment of installment of indiana jones films let me say this. It had the comedy. It had the big. Oh. It had the sick cars. And it had the giant motherfucking robots. Go see this film. Wow. Five stars. Film. <laughs> yeah. Wow. Five stars. Did I, I write think this I movie? think this person said it. <laughs> or this review. I know. I was like, it he's absolutely right. This last line right here. It had hey, everything hey, you want. Giant uh, motherfucking he also spelled mother like M-U-T-H-A. <laughs> motherfucking robot. It was jazz. <laughs> I think jazz wrote this review. Such a fucking awesome movie. <laughs> also racist that his name's Jazz and he talks the way he does. Anyway. Yeah, dude, everything about that character. Don't let me get bad. Let's yeah, not get into it. Anyway. Yeah, let's stick where we were and in, in the having we, fun. We did a lot uh, of, uh, of of uh, what's it called tangents on this in this episode. So let's get into our real ranking. So critics, 58%, audience, 85% on our real rating out of 100, 100, you know, best movie ever, zero. Hopefully nothing ever gets it. What would you give this movie? Okay. Okay. Um, 
John, I'm going to give this movie a 68%. Yeah. It is a lot of fun. It's wow. great, right? But I feel like a, a, a movie in the 70s needs to have a little bit more substance, substance in my, in my uh, opinion. Uh, this movie had very little substance, but it was so much fun. So I think a 68 is... Also, it's a little bit racist, so that kind of knocks it down a little bit, some pegs. Um, so I think a 68, we'll leave it at that. It's fine. I'm giving this a 79. <laughs> this movie was a ton of fun. <laughs> this movie was a ton of fun. Uh, it had all the substance I need for a 70s. And I think what gets it up here is um, just how fun this movie is, man. I could watch this movie on repeat. Like that says something. You can watch this movie and then you could just watch it again right now. You've just been watching it this whole time and you know behind what? me. I have. <laughs> I haven't even been paying attention. Uh, so I'm giving it a 79. Will that rating age poorly? Maybe. Well, that's we how can, I'm feeling We can right maybe now. like down the line do an episode where we revisit some of these movies and like re uh, yeah. uh, re-rank them. This one might go up. <laughs> I, you know what I love about this movie is like there's everywhere that Shia LaBeouf runs in this movie is like big enough to also house a, a, a giant robot. Like he runs into a building that happens to have the biggest windows I've ever seen, you know, and or he, he, he decides to run underneath bridges and nowhere that like. Maybe a robot couldn't get him. He's never like, let me go into the basement of something. You know? No, dude. No. Yeah. I love it. It's great. Stanley Yelnitz. Sam Witwicky. Did I say Stanley? Living legend. No, I I did. I don't even know anymore. Anyways, uh, that's the end of the movie. (laughs) That's the end of the podcast. Oh, Oh. I remember when I was a kid, dude, I liked that song so much and made me want to start learning guitar. So, like, that's one of the only things Hell I know yeah. how to How'd play that on go? guitar. Is... It's the same thing. <laughs> Didn't teach you how to sing. Huh? Uh, no, no, no. I'm self-taught. <laughs> <laughs> nice. <laughs> Anyways, what did you guys think of Transformers? What did you... Uh... Did you did it make you feel the all spark? Yeah. You know what's actually still feeling it. What is your Autobot or Decepticon name? That's what yeah. I want. Let to us know from people. Tweet, Tweet at, us. at us. Drop it in our uh-huh. Discord. Your Autobot or Decepticon name. Yeah. Let us know uh, on our socials either at EARC Pod at Hoser Loser at John B Wolf and be sure to catch all of our other episodes where we get your podcast. Thanks to all of you that listen. Reach out on the socials. Uh, I'm Jose Garcia Chow, here with John Wolf once again. Today, uh, we, yeah, I guess you sided, yeah, I sided with, with the with audience. The audience. <laughs> I sided with the critics, but remember that at the end of the day, everyone's a real critic. And this one real goes critic. out to you in the stars. <laughs> if you get this message, oh, we yeah. are waiting. <laughs>